Midnight Train Podcast. We discuss the most famous and popular of monsters. The Vampire. Where did the story begin? Is there a truth to garlic, crosses, and sunlight? Why do millennial vampires sparkle in the sun and look like 90210 cast members? I mean, come on. Vampires used to be scary and evil. Now they look like pumpkin spice latte gap models, who still live in their parents' $350,000 house. Go get a job, Count Sparkles. Anyways, sit back, pour a glass of blub, and turn up the volume because it's time to depart the station. All aboard. Midnight Train. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Blah, blah, all of you dark passengers out there. If you're new here, welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. To all of our regular listeners, welcome back, you bloodsuckers. From paranormal and pseudoscientific to the outright wacky, nothing is out of bounds. We are recording this episode from the Midnight Train Station here in Olmstead Township, Ohio. I am your host and the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan the Impaler Sayer. And with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, the engineer of the underworld, my co-host, Jeff Baicho, neck full Butchko. How you doing today, bud? Ew, it's great. It's uh, Vampire Sunday. The yeah. leaves are falling. The, the weather is chilling, which, which uh, means winter's coming. Right, which I love. And, and speaking of... Um, Maybe that's why everyone feels like shit right now is because it oh, was yeah. like 105 the other day and it was like 40 yesterday. Yeah. Well, you well, got to get your flu shots. It's yeah. time for that. Welcome to Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Which ask, make sure you guys ask Moody if he got his flu shot so he can rage <laughs> on you about anti-vaxxing. Oh, Moody, Moody. So across from me, of course, is the switch man of the sarcophagus and governor of the Google shits. Mr. Riley, I want to suck your blood. Blah, blah, blah. Sayer, how are you today, sir? Uh, feeling a little under the weather, but yeah. overall, not too bad. Well, that's, I mean, are you, that do sucks. you think you're coming down with the sickness because the I, date, I the date is coming? I am with the sickness. But, I mean, because the date is coming soon. 
And right now, Chainsaw seems to have the the first place all the way to the, the goal. The fact that he... Does anyone else just want to go, ooh, ah, 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 real yeah. fast for that? I'm Thank sorry. I, okay. I wanted to make the reference. Okay, yeah, yeah. He glossed over yeah, it. Because yeah, I, I hate him. I, I can't stand disturbed. I don't like disturbed, yeah, don't either, like disturbed but... either. I'm sorry for all you disturbed listeners out there. We're just not fans. Yeah, we're... That's all right. No. But anyway, no, I, I just... I like good music. Don't... Ooh, well, all right. Hot take. <laughs> um, no, the peeny weenies or whatever the hell he was talking about. Beanie weenies. Beanie weenies. Beanie weenies. Yeah. Beanie weenies. He sent, sent that picture and it just, it just sent chills down my spine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so don't forget before we leave the station, head on over to the Midnight Train Podcast dot com and uh, sign up for the Midnight Bonus Train to access our bonus episodes, including but not limited to our drunken movie reviews, the new West Virginia State Penitentiary ride, as well as other awesome tidbits you won't get anywhere else. Also, it's free, so what do you got to lose? There, you can also listen to our regular episodes, buy some super sweet merchandise like our hand signed collectors posters. You can see behind us if you were looking at the the YouTube videos. I don't know if you can see them on the walls back there. Um, anyway, so we try to upload those. And again, uh, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty with that right now, yeah. right, Jeff? Computers don't like us very much. We've we've been uh, fighting back and forth for quite a while now. We're slowly getting there, but it's my human EMP, dude. It I'm is. telling you, it's it getting is. there. So if you are looking for a way to help keep the stream on the stream, the stream in our engines, please don't do that. Uh, The steam in our (laughs) engines. The best thing you could do is like and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. And most importantly, share the midnight train to everyone. Or you can send small, unmarked, non-denominational bills. Just kidding. I fucked that joke up. Fuck. How now, brown cow? Right. That's brown cow. How now, brown cow? (laughs) How now, brown cow? No, seriously, you don't have to send us any money unless you really want to. Okay, I mean, it's completely up to you. Anyway, word of mouth is definitely the uh, the way we're going to keep going and getting more passengers on this wonderful train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. Also, we're sending out a sign poster, a sticker, and a magnet for the show to a random passenger who has left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Today, the user's name is Juggalette Jen. I feel like we need a drum roll there. But Lucky. Maybe. Lucky. So, Juggalette Jen, um, if you're out there listening right now, please send us an email at themidnighttrainpodcast at gmail.com with your full name and address, and we'll send you uh, your goodies right out to you. And remember, the more reviews get we get, the more we move up the rankings and the better the chance that you, you random lucky sons of bitches, can actually uh, be selected to receive everything that Juggalette Jen is going to get. So, Juggalette Jen, congratulations, and thank you very much for the review. Yay. It was very cool. Um Lastly, tonight in the boxcar will be the band Along Came a Spider from uh, Cleveland, I do believe. Uh, That's not the Ben Stiller movie, is it? Ben St- That's Along Came Polly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Yeah, a little different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But their song Remedy will be playing at the uh, end of the show. So you can check them out at facebook.com forward slash Along Came a Spider band and let them know that the Midnight Train podcast sent you. Rock and roll, bitches. Jeff. Yes, sir. Where are we going today? Well, today we are going to dive deep into the world of vampires. And if you didn't catch the reference in the beginning of the intro, by the way, it's one of the greatest vampire movies ever. That was Nicolas Cage, our favorite of ours, right? From the movie Vampire Kiss, which was back in the early 90s, like when Cage was starting to take off. I don't remember that one. And you know how he's like the Daniel Day Lewis of his like craft. Yeah, yeah. So well, like he was. Yeah, he got bit by a vampire in this movie, and he's running around the streets like a madman. He's like, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. Is it a serious movie? Kind of. Or is it kind of like kind of like a falling down slash like horror oh, okay. vampire movie? Okay. Well, in cool. true Nicolas Cage fashion, you know, whoa, it's 
<laughs> it's it's top notch. So we're we're gonna talk about everything and discover everything there is about vampires. That's right. So we're heading into vampire country. So uh, you know, turn your lights off and uh, you know, if you got a beer in front of you, make sure we crack that one in three, two, and one. This is what the people in Twilight listen to. Those vampires. They listen to that. That's yep. that's what they listen to. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, and again, if you guys are on your way to work, I hope you're jealous because we're drinking beer right now. You know, gentlemen, start your engines. Yeah, boy. A bumpy fucking ride. <laughs> so let me preface this entire episode by admitting that I was obsessed with vampires and vampire lore. When I was a teenager, I read. Did the you age. dress like a vampire for fun? Did you wear fangs? like? Did you go in the in the mirror in the bathroom where like nobody's home and you like you like put up your collar and just like? No, I never really went that far. But I mean, there were times. All right, so I have um, very my canines are very Porcelain. very Porcelain no, no no they're very pointy. Oh, your so, actual teeth. Yeah, I used to think that. Oh man, when I was a kid, I was like, I wonder if I'm a vampire. Like as a kid, yeah. yeah obviously, I didn't go around like biting anyone or anything like that. That would have been think, a way better story. Actually, that would have been. But anyway, so no, I did not do that. I did. You know, I did. I was really into it. So I read all the Anne Rice books, watched every movie I could, collected anything vampire related I could, and um, you know, maybe it was just the romanticized and sexual nature of what vampires represented. You know, a simple gaze and the person you wanted was at your beckoning. Like, ooh, you know, they'd sit there with their little spelly. Mm, yeah. Look at them. Oh, um, you know, there was just, nothing creepy or rapey about that at all. Not even a little. No, not. <laughs> no. not listen, you guys, you're, you're, they're vampires. They're not rapey. They're, 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 shut up. Well, let's ask. Let's let's. This is a good spot right here. What's what out of all the millions of vampires? OK, what are your guys's favorite? If you had to pick Easy. one out Easy. of the million. Easy. All right. What you got? Nosferatu. Nosferatu. You know why? Why? You've seen that SpongeBob episode where he's flickering the light switch on and off? Ever since. <laughs> Love the guy. I, I can't say I know that episode. Okay, You've I'm never sorry. seen that episode? No, oh I didn't. So I'm, it's like the hash slasher episode, right? I'm a, I'm a grown man. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. Well, you had kids that I did, SpongeBob. but I tried to stay away from you guys when you were watching. Yeah, that. I know you did. Trust me. <laughs> I was oh, like, I don't want to listen to this shit, you know? So. All right. Well, for you? For me, uh, it's Blackula. 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 Uh, it was a black exploitation film back in the day, but it was the very first, like, you know, um, black vampire. And I thought they were kind of like break, breaking boundaries and stuff with that. Yeah. And it's not the greatest of movies or greatest of whatever, but I thought it was super cool just how they brought, you know, it was no longer just a white guy's world. You right, know, now there's right. a black guy, you know, and he was cool too in it, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. That that was mine. You? Uh, so for me, is easily hands down Gary Oldman from Bram Stoker's. I, I think Gary Oldman is like, He's one of the a top notch actor. Like he's ever. amazing. And I think in that movie, the movie was okay, but his acting is just unreal. He's and amazing he was, in everything, dude. He was really good as Dracula. Yeah, he's amazing in absolutely everything. So now, while most people can name several elements of vampire lore, there are no firmly established characteristics. Some vampires are said to be able to turn into bats or wolves, others can't. Some are said not to cast a reflection, but others do. Holy water and sunlight are said to repel or kill some vampires, but not others. One of the universal characteristics we can all agree on is that they don't fucking sparkle. And, of course, they drink blood. Well, you know, blood or fluids or whatever. So one of the reasons that vampires make such successful literary figures is that they have a rich and varied history and folklore. Writers can talk about the basic rules, you know, while adding, subtracting, and changing shit to whatever story they, you know, they have in mind. So, you know, except fucking sparkling. Can we just stop that? Now, Riley was actually saying something right before we started here that those... Uh, those movies grossed how much? Uh, it was like something around one point five billion dollars. Billion. That's a what that's, that's, yeah. Boo. That's what the B. So it's 
so you may not like sparkling vampires, but a lot of people do. A lot apparently. of teenage girls do. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Great. It's that fantasy having two punky yeah. monsters fighting over Did you, you. You saw Twilight, right? I have never seen Twilight. Neither you never I. had a girlfriend make you watch it or anything? No. I mean, we... <laughs> thanks, so, no, thanks, he's Jeff. never had a girlfriend. Thanks, <laughs> so we have daughters. I had to watch it with my daughter when it came out. I and, did not and watch I that. I sat through it. And you know what? It's like, I get it. I totally understand it. It has nothing to do with vampires and werewolves. It has to do with teenage sex and the, you know, the rebelness of you know oh this guy's a bad boy i love him and oh but there's this other bad boy i love him more or which one i don't know what to do and it's just a billion dollars of bullshit right exactly that's how i feel so i mean it. i understand like they they totally scooped that money they knew what they were oh, doing yeah, for but. sure well identifying vampires is not always easy according to one unless they sparkle right unless they well, yeah. <laughs> and then you just shoot it on site so according to one remaining legend you'll need a seven-year-old boy and a white horse the boy should be dressed in white, placed upon the horse, and the pair set loose in a graveyard or midday. Okay, that seems legit, right? Sure. Then you watch the horse wander around, and whichever grave is nearest the, or the nearest to the horse when it finally stops, it is a vampire grave. Or simply the horse just has to take a big old fat duke. But you know, you flip a coin, and maybe it's a vampire, maybe it's a shit. Yes, that, that could be it. So yeah, that's what they uh, the Romanian legend says. Can so. seven year olds ride horses, or do you just set the ho- the boy on the horse and hope he doesn't fall I off? I mean, seven years old. Isn't that, I mean, he's not like a quadriplegic boy, or is he? I mean, like, well, it didn't specify that. Well, that's true. It didn't. I feel so. like a seven year old would have a hard time staying on a horse. That, thank you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not saying that he's got to stay on, and we're not saying that things going on for a freaking you know a run. Listen, if it's you guys are around trying to find vampires, if the listeners out there, if any of you are Romanian and this is your legend. It sucks, and I'm sorry. I'll just apologize. Wow, it's that not was an that entire good. like nation of people. You just totally yeah, hate. there goes that audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can send those emails to Jeff at the Midnight Train Podcast now. Uh, interest and belief in revenants, revenants, excuse me, surged in the Middle Ages in Europe. Now, what's a revenant? Yes, it was an amazing movie where Leonardo DiCaprio got his country ass curb stomped by a grizzly bear. Great movie, by the way. That was pretty good. But in folklore, a revenant is an animated corpse that is believed to have returned from death to haunt the living. The word revenant is derived from the old French word revenant, which means the returning. Though in most modern stories, the classic way to become a vampire is to be bitten by another bloodsucker. However, that is a relatively new twist. In his book, Vampires, Burial, and Death, Folklore and Reality, folklorist Paul Barber wrote that centuries ago, often potential revenants can be identified at birth, usually by some abnormality, some defect, as when a child is born with teeth. Ooh. Yeah, weird. Similarly, suspicious... Similarly, similarly suspicious are children born with an extra nipple, with a lack of cartilage in the nose, or a split lower lip. Lucky. <laughs> yep, all you third nipple happen, flat nose, split lip fuckers are vampires. So Joaquin sorry. Phoenix. Sorry to break the news, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I wonder if he is. Yeah. I wonder if he has a third nipple. Probably does. I would assume he does. So when a child is born, you know, with a uh, red cowl or amniotic membrane covering its head, this was regarded uh, throughout much of Europe as uh, presumptive evidence that it is destined to return from the dead. Uh, a lot of minor physical deformities were taken as evil omens at the time. You know, well, what is a red cow? It, it's a Riley, C A U L. Yeah, it's I, a cow. You've never you never seen a cow. You ever play video games where archers had like cows over there? They're like the hood that archers wore. Oh, so it's a hood. It's a cow. A cow. Yeah, but like a red cow. It's like like it says. It's the amniotic fluid is over the baby's head, so it looks like it's wearing a hood. Okay. I just assumed it was gingers, and we all know they're evil. Oh yeah. Yeah, for so sure. That's just what I thought they were talking about, but apparently... And were they called the ones that can go outside daywalkers? Why yeah. do they? 
No, they they call them daywalkers. Can so some gingers not go outside? Yeah. Have you ever seen that South Park? Yeah. I guess I'm the only one. Or on what was the movie <laughs> where his uh, his uh, brother was in the uh, in in the closet? Was it Mama? Not Mama's Boy. What's the the one where? Oh my God! I can't. Uh, da, 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 da. It's on. It's, I'll, I'll think of it anyway. Um, it was with freaking not. Oh my God! Wow. Where the guy was older and he was playing baseball and it was just the three of them. And John Lovitz hired them to all go up bench warmers. Oh wow, that's a. It, oh, yeah, that's a stretch. Yeah, that's definitely a stretch. But the guy, he's a comedian, uh, was in the. He's like Jim all, Gaffigan. No, not Jim Gaffigan. Oh. A younger guy. Um, that's in all those movies with those guys. Anyway, totally derailing right now. Sorry. It's pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, the belief in vampires stems from superstition and mistaken assumptions about post-mortem decay. The first recorded accounts of vampires follow a consistent pattern. Some fucked up, unfortunate shit would happen to a person, a family, or a town. Perhaps a drought screwed up their crops or an infectious disease infested the family. Before science could explain weather patterns, germs, or how to not believe in vampires, anything that couldn't be explained might be blamed on a vampire. Vampires were one easy answer to the age-old question of why bad things happen to crazy, I mean, uh, good people. So, know. so like, you know, Farmer Billbox size, like, my, I can't get these crops to grow. And then Bob comes running over. He's like, it's a vampire. That's exactly yep. why. He comes over. He just says, buddy, I, I, don't, I don't mean to tell you this, <laughs> but I got to stick a stake th- straight through your heart. So... So villagers fearing that something had cursed them mixed with their fear of the dead concluded that perhaps the recently deceased might be responsible, having come back from the graves to do their evil deeds. Graves were unearthed and dumbass villagers often mistook ordinary decomposition processes for supernatural phenomena. Okay. Phenomena. That, that was kind of harsh. They didn't, yeah. Phenomena. <laughs> they did not know. They, had, they didn't know what was going on, so that was kind of harsh. Anyway, for example, normal people might assume that a body would decompose immediately if the coffin is well sealed and buried in winter. Okay. What? Yeah. Then we keep it cold. Did you ever see those? Uh, right? Well, it's yeah. just saying that decay might be delayed for like weeks or months or whatever. They're, they're more so saying, I'm sorry, I misspoke. They, they wouldn't decompose immediately if they were sealed. Gotcha. Did you ever see the um, those those vampire coffins they built back in like the I want to say 16, 17, 18 centuries? I, I think where I it was literally the, it was a cage for the coffin so that if the corpse reanimated, it could get out of the coffin. Yeah, they used to put them in cement too, like yeah. the, like the mob did. They they would like <laughs> cement cheese. Yeah, so that yeah, was pretty wild. I've never seen that. I have it, to look that up. Pretty cool stuff. So yeah. now decay might be delayed a little bit by weeks or months if it's sealed well and buried in, in uh, winter. Seal and, the deal, right? Intestinal decomposition creates bloating. Which can uh, force blood up into the mouth, making it look like a <laughs> like a dead body has recently sucked blood, and probably sounds like that as well. That actually yeah. happens when you die a lot yeah. of the times, is the gases get released you as they build you up. Just yeah. shit yourself. I've heard of that. Yeah, you that's just like, like dead the, body farts. Yeah, like smell really bad. Yeah, people oh, yeah. always talk Come about. They're like, you ever seen someone get murdered, man? They shit and piss themselves instantly, and I'm like. Well, I don't know one, I haven't true. seen somebody get murdered, and two, I don't think I would be <laughs> focusing on that in that situation. Well, these processes are well understood by modern doctors and morticians, but in medieval Europe, they were taken on, uh, taken as unmistakable signs that vampires were real and existed among them. It's funny that you actually talked about the whole, uh, you know, releasing your bowels or whatever. So Release the bowels! <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but this dude that killed his wife and his two kids, right? Uh, an unborn child and uh, he's locked up and he sent a letter to this chick that's writing a book or whatever he said that he tried and this is really dark and I'm sorry I'm going this dark with this guy's viewer discretion advice yeah but he uh, said that he knew that she was dead when she had relieved herself 
That's disgusting. Yeah, dude, the guy's a piece of shit. And to be honest, I, I, if I remember, I don't even want to say his name. Don't. Just because why, why bring it up? But he's a fucking fuck. Anyway, okay, let's take the train back further, okay? According to Greek mythology, an elder moon goddess, Selene, was in love with a dude named Ambrogio. That, apparently, Apollo the sun god thought was a dick, so he cursed Ambrosio into a vampire. Now, technically, Selene was still mortal, but Ambrosio was not. He was immortal, so, you know, thanks Apollo, I guess. Anyway, Apollo's sister Artemis, weird name for a chick, took them in, and since she was a virgin goddess, as were the majority of their friends, and sorry, Riley, she forbid them to even touch one another. Um, on Selene's deathbed, Artemis allowed Ambrosio to drink Selene's blood. Their combined blood could create their children, quote-unquote, after Selene's death, essentially turning any human who drank the blood into a vampire. Creepy. Now, real quick. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, what is the name of the movie with Aaliyah, where she's Akasha, the vampire princess or whatever? Oh, uh, Queen of the Damned? Isn't Selene, wasn't that the mom or the... Remember the the lady with the red hair towards the end of it? Yeah. She was kind of like the leader of the vampire, the old vampire group. It's, I think her name was Celine. It's possible. Marilyn, can actually, you look that up real quick? Celine is the name of the girl in Underworld, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually just uh, watched that the other day. Funny with my little daughters. tie yeah. together there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, kind of weird. So, so what so. this is saying pretty much is that they couldn't make children the, the old fashioned way. So the way they did it is to combine like the bloodlet and then have people drink their blood. Correct. Which is. You see that in some movies, or like the vampire movies, where they like, they force them to drink the blood to turn them into vampires. Right. So you can see where that comes from. Right. So Already. you know, Selene kicked the mythological bucket, and Artemis made her an immortal goddess of the moon, specifically Selene, the moonlight goddess. Which is funny that you said that about Underworld, because in the very opening thing, Selene's on top of that building with the, with moon, the moon in the right background. Yeah. yeah. So Selene is the personification of the moonlight that finds its way to Earth. In this form, she can finally touch her husband and children, the proverbial vampires of Earth. So apparently, they um, excuse me. Apparently, that was their connection between vampires and the moon. Although I thought the moon was more of a werewolf, a werewolf thing, but yeah, well, what the fuck do I know? Anyway, um, there were ancient Roman vampires too, known as Strix. They took on a, it's either Strix or Stree. What do you think that is, Riley? S T R I X. Strix. Strix. Probably. Okay. I don't. I don't speak. Yeah. Right. Latin. Right. <laughs> uh, they took on the appearance of an owl and dined on human blood and flesh with an appetite for babies. Oh wow, that's dark as shit. Oh, you know those babies an owl that mm, eats babies yeah that's what the fuck <laughs> a one a two a three <laughs> how many licks does it take to get to the center of a baby <laughs> let's find out <laughs> see you guys thought the wise owl from winnie the pooh knew all his stuff man <laughs> well the strix's breast breast milk was poisonous and she fed it to baby victims and then drank their blood uh, excuse me. The Strix could shapeshift into a lovely woman to seduce unsuspecting men. Unlike other mythological creatures, the Strix wasn't dead. Instead, it had developed, excuse me, developed, evolved into a vampire. Romans fought it by splashing drugged water over doorways and placing hawthorn twigs in windows. Essentially, this was a weird-ass person that could be drugged and was afraid of branches. Sounds great, right? Yeah. An owl that's afraid of branches? That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. So weird. <laughs> and who was that? That was the Romans, right? That was the Roman one, yeah. Get it? Who? Again. Who? <laughs> if you're a Roman listener, your lore sucks. <laughs> Jeez. If you're Roman. <laughs> There's a Chinese variation of the vampire as well. The Jing Jiangxi, uh, which means stiff. And uh, if I'm Chinese listeners out there, if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, I, I'm sorry. It's, it looks like Jiangxi. Um, anyway, it means stiff. Might as well call it the Viagra. And it is also a word for a corpse. Stiff from rigor, mor mor bleh, rigor mortis or Viagra. The Jiangxi could only hop around like a pogo stick with outstretched arms in front of him. Unlike the pale western vampire, the Chinese vampire has decomposing green-white skin similar to a zombie. 
The corpse is transformed into a vampire through a magical ritual, possession, improper burial, and suicide. Like, do you need all of those, or does that just mean, like... I'm assuming it's one of those. One of? Through... Because it says and suicide, whatever. Like the Western vampire, the Jiangxi is a bloodsucker. So, yeah, the Chinese had to combine a fucking vampire and a zombie. So, thanks for the nightmares, China. Woo! I'll tell you what, man. These Chinese are on top of their game, man. You got Pangangalua, and now you got this Yingxi or whatever it that is. That was Philippines. Yeah, that was Philippines. That's... I'll tell you what. I am waiting for it, though. That area in the world has got this stuff going on. Yeah. It's good. It's good. They have good lore. Yeah. They got technology. They know what's up. China. They got Pangangalua. (laughs) Pangangalua. In India, the Han Soboro was a vampire that lived in the forest. Han Solo. Not not Han Solo. That's that's Star Wars. No, he was not a vampire, really. Cool if he was, though. It would be be pretty sweet. sweet. Han Solo was a vampire? Yeah. He wouldn't have been killed by his douchebag kid. Spoiler! Oh, uh, don't even bring that up. So he lived in the forest, and uh, it was believed that uh, that this vampire could control wolves and dogs, which would be awesome, mainly because I can barely get my dogs to chase a fucking ball. Yeah. And people couldn't see the vampire, uh, couldn't see the vampire, but were alerted to its presence by a putrid odor. A bright ball of light would lead them into the forest, where they would be the vampire's lunch or dinner. Uh, I guess it depends on the time of the day. Anyway, so if you're out camping and you smell a nasty ass like fart smell, and then a bright ball, just fucking bail, just be gone. You know yeah. what I mean? Just dip out. Especially if you're in India. So fuck all that. So, all right. So let's get into the vamp fuckers we're more accustomed to. You know, like Vlad the fucking Impaler. All right. We all know who Vlad the Impaler is, right? Vlad. Okay. He's pretty much, to me, when it comes to the supposedly real vampires of the world, he's the most synonymous with everything. I think he's like the Western basis for vampires. Well, because, you know, that's who, like, Brom Stroker, Stoker, Stroker? Not Stroker. Stoker. No, it's Stroker now. It's Brom Stroker. Brom Stroker. Lucky. (laughs) You know, he took that and, like, little things from, you know, history or whatnot, whatever. So, Vlad was born into the royal family of Wallachia. Wallachia. Well, you're a Wallachia. Which is pretty much the country of what we now know as Romania, your favorites, Jeff. In 1431, and he was the second son of Vlad II Dracul. Vlad was born in the town of Sigasora. Sigisora. Yeah, I said it right the first time. Yeah, Thank I'm you for just, the pronunciation. Yeah, well, uh, Riley is now putting uh, pronunciations to words that I might fuck up, so he's doing a great job. Um, Transylvania. His brothers included Vlad Kalugarul. Kalugarul? Um, Mercia the second yeah. and Radu the third. He was born during a time in which his father was trying to keep Wallachia, Wallachia, Wallachia. Yeah, whatever. This is Romania. Trying to keep Romania together. Walla walla, bing bang. Yeah. From being invaded by the Ottomans, his father gave Vlad and his other brother Radu to the Sultan as hostages in order to keep them from invading the country. So you know, Dad's kind of a dick. Perfect. Uh, Vlad developed a well-known hatred towards Muslims. Uh, during this time as a slave to the Turkish sultan. Ooh, the Turkish were Muslim, just so everyone who doesn't know history knew that. That's why he doesn't like the Muslims, because he was a slave to one. Which stinks, because uh, I really like Turkey a lot, dude. Thanksgiving is awesome. The sultan is from Aladdin, isn't he? <laughs> the yeah, sultan. That's the sultan. Yeah. He's um, Vlad was returned to Valachia or Valachia, or whatever the hell it's called, as a puppet ruler for the sultan. This occurred after enemies of the state executed his older brother, Radu. He escaped escaped I said escaped that bothers me that I said that myself anyway and (laughs) fled to Moldavia to live with his uncle Bogdan II unfortunately the Ottomans continued to pursue him and were intent on spreading their empire throughout Europe like a really bad case of HPV 
Vlad Aww. then fled. Boo. Yeah, boo. Vlad then fled to Hungary and became a military advisor. In 19 or in 1456, Hungary invaded Serbia and drove out the Ottomans. Vlad then invaded Wallachia with his own army and claimed his place as the prince of his native land. So he's a badass. All right, so let's just summarize that real quick. Yeah, he's a badass. So Vlad sent with his brother to the sultan of the Ottoman Empire. His father sent him to yes. stop him from invading, invading or whatever. Yeah, to, yeah, As like a gift or whatever. Right, 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 right. He was a puppet then sent back to Wallachia or whatever, but he wanted to leave. He didn't want to be a puppet, so he left to, with his, to be with his uncle. Right. And then with his uncle, they pushed the Ottomans back out, and then he summoned up his own empire, his own army. Right. And then took over Wallachia again. Right. That's basically it. Gotcha. So this dude was like given away as a slave, comes back and just says, fuck that and takes shit over. All Sounds right? awfully like the theme from Gladiator. Without vampire isms. <laughs> Once Vlad was reigning again, he used impalement, which is the act of mounting people on sharp sticks driven through their torsos to eliminate political enemies as well as political prisoners. Anyone who protected enemies of the prince, including entire towns, were subject to being a Vlad kebab. This included men, <laughs> women, children, and infants. Like, the dude was just a monster. I'm going to be honest with you. If I saw a bunch of little babies just on sticks, I, I'm not I'm not walking in there. Yeah, no, I'm no, that's when you turn on bail. Yeah, it's gone. like when you smell that fart and see a glowing... Gl- get out! Go! You ain't got to tell me twice. You know? The total number of individuals impaled by Vlad is unknown, but by all accounts, it is probably 40,000 or more. It's a shit ton of people up on sticks. Now, is this dude. like simultaneously? I, like I'm going to say like this a is a forest of sticks. It's over yeah. a while, yeah. Well, people have said that they've they've walked into uh, battlefields and stuff where all there was was just 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 impaled. Well, people. I've seen artists like paintings and renditions yeah. of that, and it is terrifying. It reminds me of I don't know if you guys Mortal Kombat, you know Baraka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dude with the the yeah. knives. That their people, whatever, I forget what they're called, but in that game, they have like they do that. They impale people on sticks and leave them outside to scare away enemies. They're, they're, they're Romanian. That's probably right. <laughs> Obviously, he wasn't a fan of the Romanian government, so he began to take action towards Romanian independence and began using biological warfare. This is kind of cool. He literally sent people who carried contagious diseases to the Ottoman armies. The majority of the Turks died, but the remaining were impaled on spikes outside the walls of the city. When the Ottomans invaded Wallachia, after this, their leader, Sultan Mehmed II, apparently fled at the sight of seeing the 20,000 corpses, like we were just saying, yeah. that were impaled on the outskirts of Targovist. Now, yeah, think about that. Like, you're going, yeah, I'm going to go in there and fuck this dude up. No, you pull what up, are you waiting for? <laughs> and you pull up and you see that. You're like, you know what? Uh, I got something in the oven. Yeah, uh, my, <laughs> my wife's pissed off. I'm just going to go ahead and go. Yeah, no, not going to do it. Vlad had intentionally left this in order to deter the uh, Turkish forces from invading the city. So, yeah, I don't think I'd fuck with someone that had a bunch of enemies up on spikes either, right? I mean, would you do that? No. Okay. Despite the these atrocious acts, Vlad had a pretty accomplished career as the prince. He focused on enhancing the economy of the region by reforming the agricultural systems and strengthened his military. He also constructed several buildings and villages for the general population and encouraged foreign trade. Added to this, he maintained the discipline and low crime levels of the region by ruthlessly punishing any criminals, crim, crim, <laughs> criminals, criminals, as well as those who would betray Wallachia, which makes sense because, you know, he fucking impaled people who would go against someone, even if it's your leader, if he would actually, you know, if you knew he just would impale somebody, you know, like if Donald Trump shoved a sharpened pole through his opponent's abdomen, I don't think there would, you know, be any funny memes, memes floating out there right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. He did it to deter, but also to make keep people in line. So history has also referred to old Vlad as Vlad Dracula, 
which came from his father's original original name, Vlad II Dracul. Dracul was originally thought to translate to the word dragon, but it is debated if this was the actual translation or if it um, eventually or actually meant devil. Vlad the Second, which I don't know which is better or worse. Dragon or devil? Da- dragon or devil. Either, either one they're sounds... They're both pretty badass. Yeah, they're yeah. both pretty badass. You know, like, what's your name? John the Devil. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Who's your buddy's name? Jeff, Jeff the, the Dragon. dragon. <laughs> now you guys <laughs> sound like a couple of douchebags. Say like that. Dragon. Oh, fucking rule. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they said it, it was probably dev- uh, devil. So Vlad II apparently joined the Christian Order of the Dragon, which opposed the Ottoman rule and later Dracul came to be incorporated into his name. Eventually, Dracula would serve as the inspiration behind Bram Stoker's fictional Strokers. monster as well. I know it says Stoker in front of me, but I told you I'm changing his name. Uh, in uh, 14, so yeah, that's like I was saying earlier that he eventually, you know, the whole the legend of Dracula or Vlad is what helped Bram Stoker actually, you know, come up with Dracula. In uh, 1462, Vlad was captured by Matthias I of Hungary, but he managed to reclaim his throne in 1476. So think about that. Like, so he gets captured and comes back and reclaims his shit again. However, this third rule was cut short. He was killed the same year after going into battle near Bucharest. The Ottoman army severed his head and took it to Constantinople. Istanbul was Constantinople, not Istanbul, no, no. Which, thanks to the band, they might be giants. That's, you know, <laughs> we uh, all know is now in, in it's Istanbul. So the exact location of his burial site is unknown, although it is said to be in a monastery in the south of Wallachia. So to me, it sounds as if Bram Stroker. <laughs> Stroker. It, it says Stroker in this one. That's hilarious. What's up, Stroker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, heard of, of Vlad as his badass that loved, you know, this badass dude that just loved tormenting and executing uh, his adversaries in order to show he wasn't to be fucked with. He took that legend and created his own interpretation of Dracula, like we said before about vampires. You can kind of, like, use the rules. And in all my research, I haven't come across old Vlad sucking any blood, turning into a bat, or anything even close to that. That whole impaling thing sounds awful, though. Like, seriously, I wouldn't want that. Alright, so Vlad was a badass. He was, like, the bee's knees. But, you know what, though? There is one other vampire that was just as badass as him. Who's that? Okay. Now, I don't know if you guys remember back in the day when you were a little kid watching Sesame Street. The Count? The Count Mm. from Sesame Street. He was pretty vulgar, right? He was pretty explicit. Behind the scenes, yeah, I heard he was pretty rough. Oh, yeah. You know, I got a a pretty good clip here I think I want to play for you guys. Yeah. Is this like unheard footage? Ah, 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 ah. You'll know that I am called the Count Because I really love to Sometimes I sit and all day But sometimes I get carried away I Slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster. Once I start in f***ing, it's very hard to stop. Hey, faster, faster, it is so exciting. I could forever, until I drop. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, I love f***ing whatever the amount. One, two, three, four. Hey, 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 hey. One, two, three, four. One, two, that's the song of the count. I f*** the spiders on the wall I f*** the cobwebs in the hall I f*** 
candles on the shelf. When I'm alone, I myself. Oh yeah, I slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster. Once I start thinking, it's very hard to stop. Faster, faster, it is so exciting. I could forever until I drop. All right, so uh, that was a fun little. Hey, Vlad may have did some really awesome things, but you know, good old Count from Sesame Street. I didn't know he was so profane. I mean, he, he is a pimp. He's the vampire. I guess. He was yeah. just a really good actor. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right. So now we've talked about old Vlad. And Vlad is, he's a badass, but I don't see anything there that necessarily says that he was a vampire. Other than his name that, you know, Bram Stroker stole from him. Um, so now let's talk about Lady Bathory. Oh, I've heard of this. Oh, yeah. Lady Bathory. I was very, very, like, uh obsessed with her for a while because you know a lot of the folklore really does stem around the fact of how she would bathe in in her servants bloods and blood uh, in order to be younger and she was just this notorious just badass bitch right so her legend is absolutely horrifying she was the queen of her castle and loved uh, to mutilate the help like taking scissors and cutting their fingers off she's been said to have a predilection to bathing in virgins or virgins blood and could have murdered or had killed over or had them killed 650 young girls you know that's a badass bitch the truth of the matter may be a little bit more straightforward though her husband had passed and she was the head chica in charge she owned a fuck ton of land and was seen as an intelligent forthright woman not something the royalty of that time was really cool with Supposedly, her deceased husband was owed some money or land or some shit from King Matthias II. Yeah, this dude didn't want to pay up, so instead it was thought that he just went on a smear campaign and started spouting off these stories that ended up getting her ass got, like she ended up getting yoked up, you know? Did, um, they, did they get her with pitchforks and torches at night? Um, I think they just, I think they, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Can, can you look up real quick and see uh, how Lady Bathory died? But I think she was ha- hang, hung, hanged? Hanged. 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 You, you would think it's hung, but it's hanged in that no, case. No, I'm hung. She was hanged. I wish I was. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> she, was known to, she was known to be a hard ass and treat her help like shit. So maybe they just took that and ran with it, you know? Uh, there are a ton of stories of her supposedly having young virgin help killed, and then she would bathe in her blood in order to make her appear younger still. No blood sucking or bats ever. Like, I haven't seen anything like that in her actual true history. So, you know, that what the hell's going on? You know? Yeah. She died in prison. She died in prison. She just died in prison. Her okay. servants, though, were burned at the stake. Can oh. I ask you a question? See that? Did yes. she die in prison in the 80s and then came out and died of natural causes in 2013 like our good friend Nelson Mandela? Um, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say that's probably not. 1614. Yeah, a little bit different. Era. Yeah. So there was um, no Mandela effect on that. No, 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 no. Not that we know of. Not that we know of. Yet. Well, Which, by the to, way. Talk to Chris and it may happen. Who not knows? to derail, oh, but God. I did do some rabbit hole stuff over the weekend and I, I found heard. there's some new Mandela effects out that yeah. were just released like a month ago. Let's talk about it here in a few. All right. Awesome. Wait, you know what's interesting real quick? Um, So people also search for, you know, the Google does that when you search for someone's name or something the related searches are H.H. H. Holmes. Because he killed a bunch of people. Serial killer. Interesting. Right. Uh, Vlad the Impaler. 
obviously. Right. Because we're talking about. And then John Wayne Gacy. Because they killed a lot of people. This seems like a very strange mix of people. Because they, because she was known to be a serial killer of her time. It basically, it, it, it's claimed, it's uh, completely unsubstanti- unsust- unsubst- unsubstantiated. It's not true um, <laughs> that that she murdered like 650 some odd people. So she would be, you know, one of the most prolific killers ever, and as a female. But does she kill them herself? Well, see, that's just the thing. And and everything I looked at, like the real history of her no yeah she was a bad bitch and she was mean to her help and she probably did have people's fingers cut off and shit but yeah so now here's one i was not familiar with mercy brown um it has been said mercy brown may rival count dracula as the most notorious vampire unlike count dracula however mercy was a real person she lived in exeter rhode island and was a daughter of george brown a farmer after George lost many family members, including Mercy, in the late 1800s to uh, tuberculosis, which everybody was dying from back then, his community used Mercy as a scapegoat to explain their deaths. It was common at the time to blame several deaths in one family on the undead. Um, God, we were just stupid back then, dude. Like yeah. people, people. I mean, I guess we were just uneducated, you know. Well, think we look for a cause for everything today, but we have science to provide. Right, that. right, right. Back then, all they had was, you know, spirituality and myths and legends right, to describe right. They didn't everything. have the actual scientific proof behind it. Exactly. So the bodies of each dead family member were often exhumed and searched for signs of vampirism. Now, when Mercy's body was exhumed and didn't display severe decay, not surprising since her body was placed in an above-ground vault during a New England winter, obviously it's like putting her in a fucking freezer, you know? A mausoleum. Right, She's not gonna. you're not going to see the decay that would normally happen if she was buried in the ground in the middle of summer, you know? Uh, the townspeople accused her of being a vampire and making her family sick from her icy grave. They cut her out, or they dug her out, cut out her heart, burned her, and then fed the ashes to her sick brother. Oh my god! Not even kidding. That's and, a great idea. Yeah, and uh, you know, not surprisingly, uh, he actually died shortly after. They've done studies. You know, sixty percent of the time it works. Every time. I hear that's true. So the Mercy Brown incident is depicted in the 2015 film Almost Mercy, written by rapper B. Dolan, who I've never heard of before. I've never even heard of this movie, and I kind of want to watch it now. And Tom Danucci. Directed by Danucci, the film stars Bill Mosley from Devil's Rejects. We all know who Bill Mosley is. And Kane Hodder, the guy that played motherfucking Jason Voorhees. Um, the film's main character, so it's probably a totally low, low budget B movie. Yeah. Um, the film's main characters, Emily, or Emily, played by Danielle Golden, no idea who that is, and Jackson, who is Jesse Default, visit the grave of Mercy Brown and call themselves the Friends of Mercy. In a flashback sequence, the film's characters from the present day appear as characters in the story of Mercy. And I haven't seen it, but it sounds just absolutely magnificently horrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do we have a Rotten uh, Tomatoes? Oh, please look that up, Riley. What's it's called, it called? Al- Almost Mercy from 2015. Really? That seems really. Yeah. Like recent. So clinical vampirism, and we're going to get into the medical side of things now, because there is a lot of medical kind of science behind this stuff and why people may have actually assumed that somebody was this, you know, blood sucking vampire. Yeah. Vampire. So clinical vampirism, commonly known as Rain Renfeld syndrome. Damn. Renfield. He's got to eat some flies. Yeah. Renfeld. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got a 34% yeah. score on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. So That's better than most movies we talk about. Really? <laughs> so it's known as Renfield Syndrome or Renfield Syndrome. It's an obsession with drinking blood. The earliest documented presentation of clinical vampirism to appear in the psychiatric literature well, with the psychoanalytic interpretation of two cases was contributed by Richard L. Vandenberg and John F. Kelly in 1964. As the author points out, 
brief and sporadic reports of blood drinking behaviors associated with sexual pleasure have appeared in the psychi- uh, psychiatric psychiatric literature at least since 1892, which is kind of funny um, that this brought this up because uh, I was watching uh, some show on Netflix or whatever where there are people nowadays that claim to be vampires and they will sit around and they will drink blood. Is that considered um, cannibalism? No. No. It's not. Why not? Because I guess nobody's getting killed. Yeah, they're not. Are like they drinking eating. human blood or is it like pig blood? What well, are they the, the one guy actually donates his blood. But isn't that cannibalism, though? Because you're know. eating a it's, fellow human body like, part. And it's like most minimalistic degree possibly. Yeah. It's probably what it is. They have an iron deficiency, and it's just an easy way to get the iron <laughs> levels back up. Right, but but these people are doing it because they claim that they are vampires. Did you know that cannibalism also, by the way, is not illegal in most states? Really? That's by law, cannibalism isn't legal. The the acts up. associated with it are like. Like um, what is it called? Like um, abusing a corpse or whatever yeah, the word yeah, is, yeah. You're not and like to do murder that. and things like that are illegal. But actually eating, like if you just come upon a, come upon a dead body and you get caught eating it, you, there's nothing they can but do. But you're still mutilating a dead you're corpse, still though. Mutilating a corpse, te- technically, yeah. Right, but yeah. cannibalism itself isn't illegal, which is weird. So what rabbit hole did you fall down <laughs> to figure that out? <laughs> I was listening to a podcast actually. Nice. What serial, podcast were you listening to? Serial killer podcast. Serial killer yeah. podcast is awesome. It's actually from a dude from Norway. Yeah, he's Norwegian. I am your Norwegian host. Nope, not that one. Not that. Oh, there's another yeah, there's one. Another one called the Serial Killer Podcast. Yeah. Oh wow, this is Serial Killer. <laughs> hey. So many medical publications concerning clinical vampirism can be found in the literature of forensic psychiatry, with the unusual behavior reported as one of many aspects of extraordinary violent crimes. Okay, so they're just saying it's something weird that people do and whatever. So Porphyrius. A group of eight known blood disorders affects the body's molecular machinery for making heme, like heme, hemoglobin, hematoman, hemophilia, heme, 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 blood, right? Blood. Which is a component of the, oxi- of the oxygen-transporting protein hemoglobin. When heme binds with iron, it gives blood its hallmark red color. The different genetic variations that affect heme production give rise to different clinical presentations of porphyria, including one form that may be responsible for vampire folklore. Mm. So this one, I'm probably going to fuck up. I put it next to it. Don't worry. All right. Erith, erith, erythropoietic. Erythro, erythropoietic. Erythropoietic. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's yeah. good. Say that again. Uh, erythropoietic. All right. And protoporphyria. I got that one. That first one. So that's one word. That's one thing, technically. There are two words, oh, but Jesus. that's one thing. Imagine the doctor comes in, and he just he's grabs his clipboard, and he's looking at you. He's like... <sighs> Well, it's aeropathic polyuria. <laughs> and you're like, you're sitting there like, what? The first thing you think is, am I going to fucking die? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get some at CVS for that? So right. it's erythropoietic protoporphyria. Or EPP, which is EPP, way easier for us here yes. at the Midnight Train. God. So <laughs> the most common kind of porphyria to occur in childhood causes people's skins to become very sensitive to sunlight. God. Prolonged exposure to sunlight can cause painful, disfiguring blisters. Now, people with EPP are chronically anemic, which makes them feel very tired and look very pale with increased photosensitivity because they can't come out in the daylight. Says Barry Paul, MD, PhD. Mm-hmm. My name is Barry Paul. I have 19 letters behind my name. Of the Dana Farber Boston Children Cancer and Blood Disorder Center. Even on a cloudy day, there's enough ultraviolet light to cause blistering and disfigurement of the exposed body parts, ears, and nose. Well, folks, not in Ohio because we have seven days of sunlight <laughs> and that's about it. So if you're a vampire, you want to live where we are. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. 
Uh, staying indoors during the day and receiving blood transfusions containing sufficient heme levels can help alleviate some of the disorder symptoms. In ancient times, emerging only at night may have achieved a similar effect, adding further fuel to the legend of vampires. Oh, he only comes out at night. He must be a vampire. And his father, he passed away recently. He must be a vampire. String him up. Get the soul cakes ready. Yeah. <laughs> so now. Pangangalua. Pangangalua. So let's talk about real vampires okay like these these are quote unquote real vampires a little more than a century ago vampires stalked rhode island or rather new england farm families were digging up dead relatives suspected of being vampires and desecrating the bodies in a misguided effort to protect the living kind of like buffy the vampire slayer yeah you know they were kind of like oh well you know just in case you know and yeah they fuck them up so often these latter day vampire hunters removed and burned their loved ones hearts could you fucking imagine you know, seems legit. Say your uncle passes away. Ah, I loved Uncle Bill. He was awesome. Yeah, but he might be a vampire. Cut his fucking heart out. You know? Yeah. How? How do you do that? I'll get the knife. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. So, though the corpses were typically reburied, modern scholars continue to unearth the stories of real-life vampires whose historic tra- tragedies underlie classics like Dracula as well as Hollywood's latest guilty pleasures, like the fucking sparklers. Um, Peter Plogajowicz... Plogajowicz? God, <laughs> the Serbian villager, this, this guy's name's Peter Blagojowicz, Blagojowicz, whatever. The Serbian villager and accused bloodsucker was exhumed and staked through the heart a few weeks after his death in 1725. In his book, Vampires, Burial, and Death that we mentioned earlier, folklorist Paul Barber treats Plaga, Plaga, uh, Mr. P as the quintessential European vampire because his exhumation closely follows the broader pattern of the superstition. Mr. P was the first in his village to die of a sickness and subsequent local deaths were blamed on his late night exploits. A rather gruesome sounding autopsy revealed um, what were considered the tale-tale signs of vampirism. And it says... I did not detect the slightest odor that is otherwise characteristic of the dead and the body. It was completely fresh, one witness wrote. The hair and beard had grown on him. The old skin, which was somewhat whitish, had peeled away, and a new fresh one had emerged underneath it. Not without astonishment, I saw some fresh blood on his mouth. So what we all know so far is that what all we, of these things are characteristic with someone who has just recently died. Correct, because when you pass away, that's the kind of the things that your happen. Your hair still grows, your skin still finishes its growing right. cycle, and, and you, you get blood in your mouth. And you get blood in your mouth, yeah. I was going to say, other than that, why didn't nobody question this guy? Like, why would this guy emerge from his casket in the dirt, go kill people, and then rebury himself and recasket himself? No, they reburied him. They did. They okay. did. So after they pulled him out and cut out his fucking heart, yeah. they put him back in the ground, and that was supposed to stop everything because do they you, thought... Do you think they gallimod him? Like, they they hung him up in the water like, gallimod, <laughs> gallimod. They just... Blood sport. Like, Maybe. Whoosh, whoosh. Maybe. Blood sport. Awesome movie. Yeah, God. yeah. Get him, Frankie. Yeah. Arnold Paol, or Paoli. Paoli? Paoli. Arnold, we'll call him. In the early 18th century, this rural Serbian broke his neck after a fall from a hay wagon. That's a hell of a fall. Yeah, that would suck. Like many others before him, he was accused of posthumous vampirism and exhumed after a series of deaths in his village occurred. Many of his supposed victims were dug up as well. Austrian military authorities in control of the region investigated the deaths, and their published account was widely circulated. Um, Arnold's case is thus credited with spreading the vampire superstition to Western Europe where it took, took hold before reaching the New World. So basically this guy, again, he dies. They said he was a vampire. You know what I mean? But there's literally no freaking proof there. Um, Nellie Vaughn. 
She was a uh, 19-year-old who uh, she was buried in 1889 in West Greenwich, Rhode Island. Today, this so-called vampire is almost as famous as Mercy Brown, whose exhumation was covered by international newspapers. Vaughn Cemetery has frequently been visited, vandalized, and had her headstones broken. But in his book, Food for the Dead, folklore... Yay, I heard a beer. Um, Folklorist and vampire scholar Michael Bell presents evidence suggesting that Vaughn's is a case of mistaken identity and that her contemporaries never accused or exhumed her. The superstition probably arose in the last half century or so and may be a result of confusion with Mercy, who died nearby at a similar date and age. And the admittedly creepy uh, epitaph on uh, her tombstone is, I am waiting and watching for you. Sting, the police. <laughs> Every breath you take. Every move you make. We miss you, Biggie. I'll be watching you. I've been listening to a lot of Biggie lately. Um, so Frederick Ransom, and there's another one here. We got a few more of these. A Dartmouth College student from a well-respected family in South Woodstock, Vermont. He died of TB in 1817, uh, and, and he is an example of an educated person ensnared in a vampiric panic, usually associated with misinformed farmers. Ransom's father uh, had his body exhumed in the hopes of saving the rest of his family. His heart was burned in a blacksmith's forge. However, it did not prove a remedy for mother, sister, and two brothers died afterward. Ransom surviving brother Daniel later wrote it has been related to me that there was a tendency in our family to consumption and that I would die with it before I was 30 and well fortunately Daniel Ransom actually wrote these words when he was actually 80 years old so he actually lived a pretty long life it seems kind of redundant doesn't it well, how's it redundant like I will die when I'm 30 even though I'm 80 well it was, <laughs> the assumption was that he was supposed to die oh okay calm down Riley so jaded very cynical man <laughs> I am Bristow's Congdon's child, a black man named Bristow Congdon. Why is black in question mark quotations? I'm not, a black. I, I'm not. Man. Listen, this was back in the 1800s, man. This is not my writing. He could have been Italian, for all we know. Yeah. Named Bristow Congdon, and several of his children died of tuberculosis in Rhode Island in the 1800s. The body of one of the children was exhumed, one source wrote, and the vital parts were burned in obedience to the dicta of this shadow and disgusting superstition. Though it's not entirely clear whether Condom was African American or American Indian, which is so, I guess the, that makes sense with the black quotes. With the quote-unquote black. Yeah. yeah. The case was the first that uh, folklorist Michael Bell has found, suggesting that the vampire tradition crossed racial lines. Ah, so it's like the, he's the, the black. Blackula. He's yeah. the blackula of the 1800s. All right. Annie Dennett. This is the last one here we'll talk about for this. Annie Dennett. She died of consumption, and again, consumption at the age of 21 in rural New Hampshire. In September of 1810, a traveling free will Baptist minister from Vermont named Enoch Hayes Place attended her exhumation, which her family undertook in an effort to save Annie's father, also sick from tuberculosis. Place's diary entry is a curious example of the participation of a respected New England minister in a vampire hunt. He says, They opened the grave and it was a solemn sight indeed. A young brother by the name of Adams examined the moldy spectacle, but found nothing as they supposed they should. There was but a little left except bones. Ooh. Yeah. So she obviously wasn't a fucking vampire, dumbasses. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So regar- regardless of the folklore, it would appear that most of the historical accounts of supposed vampires were just uneducated people that had no idea that there was a scientific and or medical excuse for the ailments their family and friends suffered from. So, sorry to break that to you guys. You know how we do it here at the uh, the Midnight Train. And, uh, yeah, that just seems to be, you know, kind of, you know, what, what the, the truth is about it. Now, I do want to talk about our favorite 
movies. We started talking about yeah. our favorite vampires. <laughs> uh, so before we get into that and, and what the interweb says are the top 10 vampire movies of all time, we should um, let our listener knows, listeners know what our favorite movies are. So, Jeff, what is your favorite? If I had to pick one or uh, three. a few, three? Can you do three? <clears throat> okay. Um, well, I mentioned it earlier. Bram Stoker's is one of my all-time favorites. It's not the greatest movie of all, but you know the actors in it and the acting and the story I thought was really good. So... That would definitely be my top three. Um, another two, it's very hard to say because there's so many, but um, man, that is a tough call, actually. Because now that I think about it, I'm thinking about all these other ones in my head and I'm like picking out things that suck about them. Right. Like Underworld was great. No pun intended. Under yeah, you're right, exactly. <laughs> Underworld was great, like the first one, but then it just went too far. Like you yeah. had the sequel after sequel after sequel and the prequel, and it was just like, okay, this is too much. But like the first original one, you know, the story behind that, that was really cool. Um I'll have to leave it at well, what was the one that they remade and uh Colin Farrell was in it? Nightbreed? It was an older 80s movie, and then they remade it recently, like four or five years ago. Colin Farrell was the vampire, the neighbor vampire. Is it Nightbreed? No, Nightbreed is about the monsters of Midian from the 80s. Let me, let me, let me Google it. I'll do mine. Yeah, yeah. Riley, go ahead. What are yours? All right. So my, my top three in no particular order are The Lost Boys. Okay. It's pretty good. I think that's so overrated. It is a good movie, but God, is it overrated. pretty good. If anyone else would like to fist fight Jeff, I will. I'll fight you outside with my white claw. Second is uh, from <laughs> Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, okay. how did I forget that? Would I definitely be my top three. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That was a and amazing And then the last movie. one, I know this is going to be a hot take, but I thought it was kind of cool and kind of scary and a cool concept is that 30 Days of Night. You ever seen that one? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Fright Night. Oh, Fright Night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, but 30 Days of Night with like the, the Alaskan town that like yeah, has 30 no, that's days a really of consecutive good, yeah, night. Yeah. That's a really good one, too. That was a different take on the vampire, yeah, too. That's, so, that's cool. Yeah. So mine are, and, and again, in no order here, Once Bitten with Jim <laughs> that's Carrey. That's a good movie. I just thought that was awesome because it's totally a That was campy, his first movie, too. One of them, I think. Yeah, it, like it's, it's, it's Jim Carrey. It's hilarious. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just, it's so campy in 80s. It's fantastic. Yeah. The Lost Boys. And maybe because I grew up in that era, but I loved that movie. Absolutely love that movie. Um, and then Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Dude. I never got a chance to see dude, it. Dude, it's so over the top and CG and just ridiculous, but it's it's badass. It's literally Abraham Lincoln as a vampire hunter. Yeah. And there's like the sequence where he's on top of this train and he's just fucking these vampires up, dude. And it's like, and it's super cool. You got to see it. So, up with that concept? I don't know. Like, whoever it is did is a genius. Darts at a board. They're like, Abraham Lincoln vampires. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's go with it. It's probably the Sharknado guys. Yeah, true. Well, um, it could have been worse. It could have been like George Washington, Frankenstein hunter. You know what I mean? Like real quick uh, from dusk till dawn. And I'm really ashamed of myself for forgetting that one. But I actually saw that on opening night in the movie theater. Really? Okay. So myself and a bunch of friends went and we had no idea what the movie was about because the trailer didn't say anything when it first came out. And we're watching it, and we thought it was just like a Tarantino bank robbery movie. And then all of a sudden, when that whole vampire twist comes in, we're like, what the f... And then, you know, he pulls out the steak gun that's on the... Uh, what do they call that? Uh, the concrete uh, jackhammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, He yeah. puts the steak in there. It's like... That's part of the whole movie. It was amazing. Sam Raimi with the freaking... Uh, the dick shooter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where he's got the gun. It just comes out like it. Because that's Sam Raimi, dude. That's He's an amazing like director... And shit like that. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's who that is. So now before we get into the top 10 movies, according to the Internet, 
I do believe we have some uh, news coming up here, right? We've got some midnight news going on, Ooh. right? Yeah, we will. We will. Riley, are you ready for the midnight news? Oh, I'm not, but I know someone who is. Hello, I'm Barry McCockner, and this is your Midnight News. Guinea pig ice cream. It was summer treat to hit the streets of Bolivia. After grinding the house put into a pate, mixed with milk and refrigerated until the consistency of ice cream, skeptics have stated it tastes just like chicken. Hmm, delicious. That sounds horrible. Yeah, like a blizzard gone wrong. Yeah. In what appears to be an attempted Harambe spinoff, a woman in the Bronx climbed into a lion exhibit to quote, Say hi to the lion. She then began to dance in what appeared to be some bizarre mating ritual. The lion was uninterested. Dude, I wish the guy would have eaten her. So anyway. They're at the zoo, and she's got all her kids around. She's like, I'll hold my white claw. I'm going to get a <laughs> selfie with my cute uh, antler Snapchat filter with this right. lion. All right, what else you got? And finally, Michigan continues to be Michigan. As a billboard off I-75 displayed porn for almost 20 consecutive minutes, one witness with great choice of words stated, I came across a billboard and it was something unusual. I saw two girls, lesbian porn. Never change, Michigan. Never change. I've been Barry McCockiner and that was your Midnight News. Hey, good job, Riley. That, that was, was awesome. Nice. That, was, that was Barry McCockiner nice. with the Midnight News. Yeah, Barry does a great job. Yeah. Is, is he related to Isaiah by chance? Isaiah McCockiner? I don't uh, think that's Isaiah's last name. Yeah, is I don't it? think they're related. I don't know. No, Did he get not. back to you, by the way, about the corn maze? Not yet, but I did hear that he's actually, he was really upset and flustered about last week's episode, how he wasn't prepared enough. Yeah. And so he's actually going to have, he's going into the studio. Oh, he's going to pre-record He's going to pre-record his performances from here on out for us to play on the show. That's probably a better thing because yeah. it was really uncomfortable having him in the room with us. Right. Especially when he brought up the whole like pistol thing it really made yeah me it's probably for our best yeah. interest to just keep him I out of like here we couldn't so, ask him any questions yeah. like well, he, he would go off the deep end you yeah. know well i mean he's he's nuts but anyway so yeah he's gonna start doing that so now let's get into what the internet says are the 10 best vampire movies yeah. <laughs> now this is i went to uh, a few different sites and some of them were just jank and i just didn't want to deal with it so I went to Ranker, and I guess this this website literally does nothing but just rank shit. Okay. All right. Did they actually go out and survey, I'm assuming, probably? Uh, you know, I'm not 100% positive, but but you can actually go on their website, and you can actually say whether you like or dislike something. So, you know, basically, this movie is called Let the Right One In. Which number is this? This is number 10. Number 10. I changed my picks, by the way. That is my all-time favorite vampire Let movie. the Right One In? I've seen it. Really? And I wouldn't say all-time... It is in my top three. I'm taking out Lost Boys and putting that one in. Okay, because this movie, I is do believe awesome. I've, I do believe I've seen this one. It so is, it's a little girl. It's like the vampire. Yes, yes. So very good let movie. the right one in, and this is off of Wikipedia. So sorry if it's fucked up. Is a 2008 Swedish romantic horror film directed by Thomas Eldrefson, based on the 2004 novel of the same name or the same title by John Ejvide Lindqvist who also wrote the screenplay. The film tells the story of a bullied 12-year-old boy who develops a friendship with a vampire child in Blackburg, a suburb of Stockholm. Oh, I did see this movie in a long the 1980s. Time ago, yeah. yeah, Alfredson unconcerned with the horror and vampire conventions decided to tone down with many elements yada yada yada. So yes, I have seen that one. She's a little badass, right? Yes, she like kills a bunch of And the of other vampires and stuff. don't like the kid or something like that and she's like going and killing them and shit. Well, the biggest twist spoilers if you're listening to Imagine this, that. skip this. Is at the end when it finds out that her dad actually isn't her dad, and it was like a little boy that she met fifty years ago, and 
fell in love with her or whatever and so like was getting her blood and everything like that was he was like the serial killer that was like getting her blood remember the beginning of that movie where like the guy like is in the car and he puts so the it wasn't bag, oh yeah 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 yeah, the yeah, 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 the yeah, kid's yeah, yeah. Head and everything he was basically a, a pedophile that had this little vampire chick but right? he wasn't a pedophile though because he was like he was he was a little boy when he met her and felt like like this new guy does at the very end of the movie it's insinuated that he becomes the next person to be like ah. hit her like blood getter for the next 50 60 years to take like, care of her and that's why he okay. let her eat her or suck his blood at the end and kill him okay is that you why know? she let him in yes you let the right <laughs> one in yeah. nice. all right number nine the original dracula 1931 um this is like you know the basic like beginning of this and is directed by todd browning and starred bella lugosi and bella lugosi if you guys don't know back in the 30s and 40s or whatever he was just an amazing like actor and did all those he yeah. also it was him bella lugosi and um who's the guy that played frankenstein uh the original boris karloff boris karloff yes and if i'm not mistaken folks out there um he was the original Dracula, which gave him that iconic uh, hairline with the cape. Widow's Peak. Because the original story of, of vampires is Nosferatu. Correct. I'm, this I'm is the mistaken. first like, yeah. commercialized so, version like, of it. The vampires yeah. that you're all used to and you see in the Halloween stores and you know the, the everybody dresses as is this. What was his name again? Bella Gossi. Yeah. yeah. That's, you, that's the one that is basically he, they're referring to. Do you understand how badass of a man you have to be to have the first name of Bella? It means beauty, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but just it's a it's a very girly name. He's Italian. He's a badass. Yeah, he's a vampire. He was Count Dracula. So it was produced by Universal, and uh, it was based on the uh, 1924 stage play Dracula by Hamilton Dean and John L. Balderston, which in turn is loosely based on the novel Dracula by none other than Bram Stoker himself. That, and of course, again, I'm kidding. His name is Stoker. And Stoker. If you guys aren't up on that yet, then... Yeah, I suck. Anyway, number eight, from dusk till dawn. Yeah. Now, again, if you guys don't know this one, this is such a fantastic movie, and I do like this one a lot. It's just not. It's it's in my top five, I would say. Yeah. But it's definitely not my top three. So it's not per se. It's not like a a scary movie. It's a like action ride, is what it is. Right. So it's um, made in 1996, um, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and written by Quentin Tarantino. Stars Harvey Keitel, who was that was the wolf baby. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, George Clooney, Tarantino, and Juliette Lewis, and uh, it was just an amazing movie. So basically, two bank robbers are on a killing spree, and they stop off at this little um, little bar in Mexico, right? Yeah, the Titty Twister is that what it was called? Yeah, it was right at the Mexican border. So they go in, and next thing you know, a bunch of shit goes down, and it turns out that it's vampires all over the place. So here's a <laughs> little cool thing about this. For all of you out there who have not seen this movie, uh, again, George Clooney's in it, and you're probably used to seeing George Clooney in like Ocean's Eleven and all these cheesy rom-com ER. roles. He was on ER, ER forever, yeah. If you watch this movie, you'll see a side of George Clooney you never thought possible. Yeah, he's kind he's, of a badass, dude. He's like sleeved from his neck to his wrist, and he's he's just like, F this, F that. He's shooting guns. He's, he's, he's a badass. Yeah. That tattoo it, on his neck is yeah. sweet, He dude. plays the role awesome. Oh, yeah. He yeah. totally pulls it. All right. Number seven, Underworld. The original Underworld. Of course, yeah. Kate Beckinsale in that tight little black thing. I got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from 2003 and directed by Lynn Wiseman and written by Danny McBride. Danny McBride wrote Danny McBride wrote wait, what that. Is, wait, that sounds no really way. familiar. What else has he done? Dan, Dan, it's Danny McBride. Danny McBride's a comedian with the mustache and like the little mullet thing. He's in ah, all of the yeah. uh, Seth Rogen and, and uh, James Franco movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Are, wait a minute. Are we sure we're talking about the same Danny McBride? It can't be. I'm looking up his... Uh, I would be really shocked if it is. I'm, no, it says writer. So it's not that Danny McBride. Okay. Damn it. That would have been awesome. <laughs> I, know, I was going to say, wow. <laughs> that would have been so cool, dude. Because yeah. yeah, Danny McBride's freaking hilarious. Yeah, so basically, it's if you haven't seen Underworld, it's an awesome movie. Um, It's the... The lichens, which are the werewolves yep. versus the vampires, right? right. And um, that's basically the entire movie. It's basically the first two or three. And then, then there comes hybrids where one of the vampires slept with the werewolf. And they had a hybrid wolf vampire child. And then it's how they deal with that. And then it becomes like a war between the legions. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. It's kind of unnecessary. First one was good. Second one was okay. Rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Number number six. Number fifteen. <laughs> Burger King foot lettuce. So <laughs> number seven, the original. Now that I found out that they remade it, Fright Night. Yeah. And uh, this movie was pretty awesome. This is an, an 80s movie from ni- actually 1985. Um, it was uh, written and directed by Tom Holland and pr- uh, produced by Herb Jaffe. Stars William Ragsdale, Chris Sarandon, Roddy McDowell, who was fantastic, by the way, and Amanda Bierce. And it basically just follows young Charlie who moved next door and uh, or, or they moved next door to yeah. him. Right. So the new one's not bad at all. It's not. It's re- it's actually pretty yeah. decent. But uh, on a side note. So my girlfriend and I were watching scary movies last night for, you know, in prep for Halloween and we watched house two. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is not the original house, which is kind of scary. This is house two. It's like the goofy. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know, yeah. You've seen it, right? It was, oh yeah. It, was, it had uh, the guy from um, uh, night court in it. Right. Right. Or was that the first one? No. Was that the first one? No. With the machine gun where he's like trying to that shoot. That was him. the first one. Yeah. Oh, the okay. second one was funny. So then after watching that cheese ball fest, we decided to watch troll. And I don't know if you've ever seen Troll from oh, the 80s. Troll is such a good movie. Funny fact about Troll, okay? First of all, the main kid actor is actually a Treyu from The NeverEnding Story. Oh, okay. I found that That's out. That's cool. Another funny thing is the character's name in the movie, the kid, his name is Harry Potter Jr. His dad is Harry Potter. <laughs> We're watching this like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it's legit. And it says it in the credits, Harry Potter and I wonder Harry if there's Potter like Jr. A- a, a wormhole or some sort of correlation know, between all that's a terrible movie so uh fright night oh yeah it's bad so fright night basically a guy uh moves in next door to this kid uh or not a kid he's a young dude um named charlie and he starts believing that his new next door neighbor is a vampire yeah and so he gets a hold of peter vincent who is roddy mcdowell who is a vampire honey hunter tv show host yeah and who's totally way over his head. <laughs> I'd say if you get a chance to watch the new one, Colin Farrell did a good job. I have to check that out. It's but yeah, pretty it's, good. It's a great movie. I do like that. Number five, um, Nosferatu. Can't say. I've, I, I've seen clips all over the place. I've seen like so the snippets, but I never actually watched the movie. So the thing about this is Nosferatu um, is from 1922. So it was a silent film. Um, it was a German expressionist horror film directed by F.W. Murnau. Starring Max Schreck and the vampire Count Orlock. Uh, the film shot in 1921 and released in 1922 was an unauthorized, unauthorized adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula. And names and other details changed because the studio could not obtain the rights to the novel. So it was basically the first Dracula. Right. But they had to go and like change it up because they couldn't get the, the rights. So, um, he looks like Uncle Fester mixed with like a ghoul or something. He does. It's hilarious yeah. how weird he looks. It, it looks nothing like what you think a Dracula would look like. Oh, not at all. Because he's you're like used to bald. Bella, he's got big teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're used to Bella Lugosi, right. which is the iconic one. So the funny st- funny story about this. So, um, so Stoker, Bram Stoker's heirs, his children or whomever, sued over the adaptation and a court ruling ordered that all copies of the film be destroyed. 
Really? However, one print of Nosferatu sur- survived, and the film came to be regarded as an influential masterpiece of cinema. Check that shit out. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's absolutely awesome. Them strokers are awfully greedy. <laughs> Stroke. Stroke it. Stroke it. Stroke it. Stroke it to the left. Stroke it to the... All right, sorry. That's that's a horrible, horrible song. <laughs> number four. What do we think number four is? Twilight. We're, we're at number four. Yeah. I'm going to say Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's so hot. Blade. Blade was a great movie. Blade was awesome. Yeah, was I, I actually one. enjoyed all of those, to be honest with you. Yeah, the Ryan Reynolds one with, uh, what's her name, Justin Timberlake's wife was pretty good. Yeah, but she's in it, so it makes it better. Right. You know what I mean? So, it obviously, if you don't know Blade, Blade is actually uh, based off a comic book from back in the day. And yeah. I want to say it was Marvel. Um, Blade is a um, African-American vampire. Wesley Pipes, y'all. Yep, that happens to go and want to kill other vampires. No, it was, uh, who's who's that famous guy the, that was Whisker, Whisper, whatever Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. Yeah, He's yeah, an yeah, old yeah. Uh, country western singer yeah, and Johnny songwriter. Cash yeah, he and, wrote uh, for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So great movie. Loved that one. All right, number three, what do we think? Mm. Well, it's got to be Twilight soon. I mean, it's going it's def- to make a billion dollars. That series has, it's got to well, be. I'll, in I'll there. let you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Those aren't in this list at all. In the top 10. In the top 10. They're not, which makes me really happy that I found this well, one. That's pretty cool. And maybe subconsciously I found this one because they're not in the there, top there 10. Go. So it's Bram Stroker's Dracula. Great movie. Of course it is. You know, you got Keanu Reeves in there. You got Winona Ryder. You got your your boy that you were just talking about a little bit ago, Gary Oldman. Like the dude's amazing. You know what I mean? It's just such a good movie. You didn't kill any dog. You killed fucking John Wick's dog. <laughs> I haven't seen the new one yet, though. I, I haven't. See the new I haven't watched it yet yeah. either. Yeah. I love those movies. So yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula is literally just the story. You don't know my favorite of Dracula. Gary Oldman role is what's that? Is from Leon the Professional. Mm-hmm. That is the best Gary Oldman. Absolutely, I think I've seen. that's one of the best movies. He's good in everything. Mine is, mine is True Romance when he was the gangster. True Romance guy. is good. Yeah. I also loved him in. Um, What's the one with Bruce Willis with uh, Fifth Element? Fifth Element, yeah, yeah dude, yeah. he was such a just a prick in that. Number two, any ideas? I could see it. Oh damn it! <laughs> Sorry, I kind of just glanced. Riley, over. any ideas for number Whatever two? Whatever Jeff knows. Oh, okay. Interview with the Vampire. That's good. The one. Vampire Chronicles. So this is the first one. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Kristen Dunst. Kristen Dunst is this little girl that gets turned into a vampire, and it's a really freaky role too yeah. when you watch it. Yeah. But it, uh, I also read the the the, no, the novels for all. It's an Anne Rice. It's Anne Rice, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's more of a no. It's very very like based in like you know uh, um ah, shit. I'm trying to look real quick when it was like, like in 1700s. Yeah, in London or whatever. Right? right. So it's very like it's got that whole feel about it. The Victorian it, England. Here's yeah. my question though. You're such an Anne Rice fan and you read the books. Yeah. Isn't there isn't like a whole series? Like there's interview yes. with the vampire. Then there's what else? There's a Lestat. Lestat. The yeah. Vampire. So there's a whole. Yeah, thing of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I've read all those, man, and I loved them. I swear to God, it's hard to kind of the 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 wordage and stuff is kind of hard to get through. But yeah. if you can get through, it, you almost if you're not a big reader, you almost want like the I don't know the Anne Rice for Dummies book, the audio book. Yeah, or read the audio. It, read yeah. it to me. That'd be even better. The Audible. Hey, Audible, if you're out there listening, we just promoted you. No, they're not sponsoring us yet. Ooh. Number one. Ugh. The Lost Boys. Eat it, bitch. Ugh. <laughs> Jeff, what what is wrong? Why why the hatred? Eat your spaghetti, Mikey. 
dude okay first of all yes it's campy it's it's you know it's the lost boys it was made in 1987 it's not and, bad it's just so overrated i feel like every kid that's ever gone to hot topic is Ooh, the lost boys oh everything is lost boys Get the lost well because boys it's cool rain. it's just like how kids you know they they finally find like metallica and they're like, oh, dude, I love Metallica, but have no Nirvana idea. Nirvana is the biggest one. I think. Yeah, or Nirvana. Yeah. Your, your generation, for My sure. Generation, all these girls like have the Nirvana, like the smiley face t-shirt. And they never heard a song but before. They, I'm like, name one Nirvana song. They're like, uh. Smells like White Claw. Yeah. <laughs> Just never mind. It smells like Pumpkin Spice Latte. <laughs> you said that on accident. Um, so it's an American teen horror film starring Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, Kiefer Sutherland, who is my boy. Dude, I actually saw Kiefer, Kiefer? Sutherland's band. Wasn't he 24? He's actually yes. really good. I've seen his band on YouTube. Oh, I, I went seen to the live, concert and yeah. actually saw him uh, here in Cleveland, dude. He's he, talented. got a country band. Yeah. And they, they were great. Did yeah. you know that he they, was um, the the lead, or he was the one played a character in Call of Duty 5, World at War? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sergeant Roebuck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, dude, his his voice iconic iconic he was also in uh, monsters versus aliens my, the cartoon. Was, yeah. Yeah. my favorite role with Kiefer in it well flatliners was great but oh, my yeah. favorite role with him was uh young guns oh where he played sure. doc dude that movie's yeah. so awesome that movie's so good uh even the second one i thought was amazing so it's got uh you know Corey feldman in it uh diane weist uh it just a ton of like 80s superstars Corey and, feldman is the 80s right exactly and Corey Haim. It was wasn't the he in he was in the goonies right Corey feldman Corey feldman was in the goonies yeah. he was also in gleam um, in the cube they were in there together yeah and he was also in uh friday the 13th as well wow yeah yeah he what was, happened to him though he like, uh, fell off drugs well, well, you know what they they say. What they say, if you go, if you dig deep on the internet and go through the forums and whatnot, they say that he was on a date with another guy to a haunted house, and it kept saying <laughs> something about Frank and beans and weenie beanies and all this stuff, and that's what basically screwed him up, made him what he is. That sounds really. really <laughs> all I really hear, familiar. all I hear that is I hear. That's hilarious. God, hey, look at it this way: this if you're if you're afraid of going to the haunted house, you are taking a chainsaw with you. It's scary. I'm more afraid of chainsaw than anyone. <laughs> so the film is about two Arizona brothers who move to California and end up fighting a gang of teenage vampires. Totally campy, totally whatever, but it's great. The title is a reference to the Lost Boys and J.M. Barry's story about Peter Pan and Neverland, who, like the vampires, never grow up. They're just teenagers forever. The film was followed by two um, d- direct-to-video sequels, The Lost Boys, The Tribe, and Lost Boys, The Thirst. Both of those sucked balls. Of course they did. So now, do we want to see any runners-up on these? Yes, yes. All right, so that's your top one from Ranker. Is, uh, and it's a great movie. So number 11, we'll go down this way. Number 11, Blade 2. Which yeah. is kind of crazy that Blade and Blade Two were both really close. Uh, number twelve, Salem's Lot. That is an adaptation from Stephen King. Remember, that's the one I was like, I don't think I've seen that one. And I haven't either. We need to watch that because it's, it's rated pretty highly. Um, Thirty Days of Night. That's when you hey. were talking about. Great yeah. movie, absolutely. Near Dark. I've heard of that one. That is with Bill Paxton and Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, if you, I've heard if you of don't that. know who Lance <laughs> Hendrickson, Hendrickson is, Bishop from Aliens. He, dude, he's just been in every. He was in Pumpkinhead, Pumpkin dude. Pumpkinhead, yeah. He's just an amazing uh, horror movie actor, you know? Yeah, and, and Bill Paxton, rest in peace, but yeah. it's game over, man. <laughs> game over. Uh, Daybreakers, uh, Willem Dafoe and Ethan Hawke. I've seen that one. Not the greatest one in the world. Vampires with James Wood. Oh, I remember that one. That's yes. where he's like the badass. And he's got um, the, the crossbow with the yeah, shoot stakes. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. vampire hunters. That was or pretty whatever. good. Let Me In. Not familiar with that one at all. This one is a 2010 romantic horror film written by Matt Reeves and starring Cody Smith-Fee. I don't know. Queen of the Damned is number 18. That's a good movie. Underworld Evolution is 19. And number 20, Van Helsing. I hated that movie. You didn't like that movie. Oh, God. I thought it was the most overly done, 
just piece of really? Hollywood garbage, dude. Isn't I bad. I hated every part of that. The only thing I can say I actually didn't like is their their interpretation of Frankenstein. How he has his head had the yeah the the like a globe in it or something like right. that, and that's where his brain was. I thought that was cool. So anyway, so those are the movies. And listen, I feel like we rode a pretty hard train on the vampires today. What do you think? Well, I think we had to, given that they are the Johnny football heroes of the monster world. You know, they are the the bee's knees. I mean, I'm sure at one point, if you look at popular Halloween costumes, they're probably probably at the all time high. I would think. Well, they're also easy to do. That's the thing about, um, yeah. you know, vampires for Halloween. Get a set of fake fangs. And guess what? You're a vampire. Everybody knows what a vampire looks like. So, like, you know. If a kid dresses as a vampire come to your door on Halloween, you'd be like, oh, you're a vampire. Right, I mean, right. you, it would never second guess it like other things. It's just iconic. You know what I mean? By the way, Let Me In is the American adaptation of Let the Right One In. Oh, really? So when I was talking about Let the Right One In, I was actually talking about Let Me In. Oh, okay. Because that's the movie with Chloe Grace Moretz. You guys will know if you saw her when yeah. she was. She plays the so vampire. So the American version is Let Me In. Yes, because it's... And that's the one you were talking yes, about. Yes, I've okay. never seen Let the Right One In, but they're, like, I looked at both Wikipedia summaries, and they're like identical. So it's just an American adaptation of that yeah, movie. That makes sense. That's what we do. We steal other people's cultures. You know, yeah, because it was Polish, America. I think, was the original one, right? <laughs> yeah, Sweden. Swedish. Swedish, yes. Yeah, it was Sweden. <laughs> Hingy dingy dirt. Or skin furtin. I like to Sweden. I like the vampires. Dear Anyway, folks, we want to say thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on this edition of the Midnight Train podcast. This has been Vampires, and I have uh, was really excited about this one. I'm doing all the research. I was actually pretty disappointed that the reality behind it is so far less glamorous than the yeah. than the actual you know the the facade that's out there in the the fantasy world. I'm surprised too. You would have thought like uh, after everything we've gone over all these episodes, you would think that these guys out of anybody would have more cases, more documented cases right. and, and evidence of back or in the day. Or something to show that like maybe, but yeah. there's nothing. In fact, I feel like the lycanthropy and the uh, the werewolf episode we did. I think that actually has more of a basis than this does, to be honest with you. I think this is just ignorance for lack of scientific knowledge is right. what it comes down to. Um, but listen, I still love vampires or the 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 made up thought or the, yeah. the idea of vampires. I absolutely love it. I think it's a just a fantastic thing. And 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 please go out there and watch these movies we talked about. If you haven't seen them, Lost Boys, fantastic. And you can always email us at the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, uh, where else are we at? We're on SoundCloud. And we are now on iHeartRadio, which I thought was really cool. Yes. Um, you can please like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review because it does help out. And you could potentially win a um, signed poster and a magnet and sticker from us. And here's just a little food for thought that I discovered over the weekend. If you have a smart TV, they have the iHeartRadio apps and some of them even have Spotify. So what was really cool is Saturday night, you know, we're just hanging out. I was able to actually put on the iHeartRadio app and stream some of our episodes right from my TV. So for those of you out there who aren't savvy into like all having all these apps on your phone and whatnot, if you got a smart TV and you're hip to Netflix and know how to do that, you can download or use the iHeartRadio app from your TV and listen to our podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah. You said you and your uh, girlfriend sat around and listened to Yeah, we listened to the... Well, so she knew nothing about Mandela Effect. All right. So I feel like we've run an amazing train on vampires. Those dirty 
I think we Suckers. took a stake and put it on the front of the train and drove it right into the heart just, of vampires. Just fucked vampires up. Yeah. That's right. Ooh, the train just got dirty. Yeah, nitty gritty. So yeah, once again, Speed we want to thank of. you guys. Yeah, we want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Uh, it is Halloween time, so we're trying to you know throw as much Halloween kind of esque stuff out there. And uh, you know, our final episode on how, or let's see, the twenty eighth. It'll be the Tuesday before Halloween. It's gonna be a banger. I think we're gonna have a special guest in here. And uh, can we give a, a hint or like a, a little uh, teaser for next week? Just yes. for people uh, to tune in. It'd be me, get me, get me, uh, uh, boo. Okay. Does that work for you? You guys heard it here first. Now it's up to you to figure it out. Now here's what I want. If you know or have an idea of what, what you think the next episode is going to be like, post it on our Facebook and whoever gets it right. We'll send you a magnet and a poster. Yeah, signed. Yeah. Get the care package. Okay, yeah. get it right. So this—that's your riddle. One more time. Can we have it one more time? The hint. Okay, ready. Hold on. I gotta wait. 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 I gotta, I gotta get let's, let's set it right. Okay, okay. ready. Go. Boom. All right. That's it. That's, that's all it. you get. That's all you get. That's so, your. That's your teaser for next week. So uh, I, I think it'll be fun. That'll be a fun episode. I'm excited about that one. And then, uh, you know, we got uh, a couple more episodes before our Halloween episode, the climactic Halloween episode, which uh, uh, I'm actually kind of excited about myself. Too, it's going to be so, a good time. Yeah. So I want to thank we want to thank you guys on behalf of Jeff and Riley. I want to thank you guys for listening and, uh, you know, for for giving us the reviews you guys are doing, man. Like uh, we really do appreciate it. And I do. We I personally go on there and look at each and one every one of those. And, uh, you know, if you guys ever want to just hit us a lineup and give us a suggestion on, you know, I get them every now and then through Instagram and Twitter. Someone will be like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if you guys did this, which yeah. next week's episode was actually a suggestion. So two hints. Yeah. yeah. If you're listening out there and you know what boo means, then yeah. uh, then maybe you, you, you can uh, win that care package. But if uh, if not, then whatever. Someone also, else. too, you know, we're we're welcoming everybody with open arms. We have a really fun group going on Facebook right now where uh, yeah. our, our good old pal Moody, who if you're familiar with or not familiar with, posts a lot of funny stuff. John posts a lot of funny stuff on there. You can also keep in track with Riley's date for the haunted house. <laughs> and, and listen, we're still bidding on that, right? Yeah, but we're still bidding on that. We're trying to get Riley a date for a haunted house. And I know where he's going to go. In fact, my friend Eva, she says the slaughterhouse. Oh, yeah. yeah. With a guy named Chainsaw. With a guy named Chainsaw. Sounds like the best idea ever. Yes. And uh, we might just put a uh, GoPro on you when you go to this thing. Oh, God. That'd be awesome. need video evidence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The court. So Eva out there gave that uh, as a uh, little, you know, like a little teaser to it yeah. saying that it's but awesome. This is all stuff that you guys can be involved in and we right. want you to be involved in. So don't hesitate to get on Facebook and find us. Look us. How do they look us up for the group? It's easy. You literally, you can just go into groups and you can look up uh, the Midnight Train podcast group. Um, you can find it off of the website. There is a link there. You can also go to, which is uh, the Midnight Pod. MidnightTrainPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could find it all over the place. Where, I, wherever. I promise we don't spam the news feed, so it's not like you're going to open your Facebook app and have like 5,000 Midnight Train things. It's actually pretty low-key, and it's really cool. It's friends. Uh, everyone that joins this thing and uh, joins our, our our group, and it is, it is a closed-off group, um, but it's for people that, you know, everybody's a friend there. It's a family community, man. And so uh, we just like uh, we are in here, you know, this is a family and this is a labor of love and we love doing this. And so if you can spread the word for us, man, please do that. All right. So listen, long winded enough. I'm Jonathan on behalf of Jeff and Riley. We want to thank you for listening. And as always, choo choo motherfuckers.
Along came a spider. Remedy. Pride. I know.